Advertisers who are doing the largest volume of creative testing and are doing the most iterations are learning the quickest and they are receiving the best performance. You don't have to wait for the fatigue because as soon as ad fatigue is going to hit, you know, um, it's going to be too late. If you already have content that's existing on TikTok, on, on YouTube, on, on Instagram, just put it to work. Turn it into shoppable videos, embed it on your site, because if people engage with it, the chances of them purchasing are much, much higher. If your values with a creator are not aligned, it doesn't really matter what your following is. It's not really going, to, it's not going to connect with their audience because they will likely sense that it's not true. So on today's episode, you're going to learn about creatives from the point of view of brands, agencies, and that of creators. It's a great episode. You don't want to miss it. Do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear first-hand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. So welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell, and this is the e-commerce podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. That is in a direct-to-consumer selling space. So if you work in marketing at an e-commerce business or a founder, I'm going to help you sell more directly to your customers. Each week on this podcast, I interview an expert, a founder of a direct-to-consumer e-commerce business or representative from a best-in-class e-commerce SaaS product. We're focused on helping you improve e-commerce growth metrics such as your conversions, average order value, repeat customers, your audience size, and ultimately sales. Our remit is to help you sell more sustainably. Now, on today's episode, um, we continue in our eight-day streak of um, the Commerce Excel conference. So in Commerce Excel, we had keynote sessions, and then we had um, we had about 30 keynote sessions, and then we had about um, eight um no, 31 actually keynote sessions and eight expert panels. And um, keynote sessions obviously had keynotes. So if you want to get hold of the keynotes, go over to our YouTube channel. But if you want to listen to the expert panels, this is where to listen to, to it from. Now, this 
expert panel was um, hosted by Kurt Elster again, who is the um, founder of um, of EtherCycle and also the host of the unofficial Shopify podcast. He speaks with a an expert panel of creators of a creator and creatives. Um, so basically, we talked. Um, he he talked about. Um, he talked with Savannah Sanchez, who's the founder of Social Savannah. Claudio Chioba, who's the founder of um, VideoWise. Sheris Banton, who is a TikTok expert, and Moshe Saraf, who you've heard a lot of times in this podcast, who is the founder of Pareto Solutions. Now, what was quite interesting in, in with this conversation is just getting the point of view of you know what makes you know um you know tiktok advertising work from savannah's standpoint and how to use creators from savannah sanchez's standpoint on tiktok moshe came from a more facebook advertising standpoint um chioba was talking about how to leverage um you know creatives on on site on Shopify on your Shopify site or on site in in your store, and then um, Sharice was talking about came in from the point of view of a creator. She has over a million followers on TikTok, and she was kind of like talking about you know what what why would I work with a brand? You know why would a creator such as her? you know, who's like a macro creator, you know, want to work with a brand, you know, what are the red flags, what are, you know, the, the, the green flags, how do you, you know, position yourself as a brand to work with, um, you know, someone who has a TikTok creator who has, you know, 1 million followers. So it was a very interesting conversation, lots to learn, 40 minutes of good, good, just good stuff. Um, enjoy this episode what i would say is um you know um grab your notes um there a lot they, there were a lot of a lot of nuggets on conversions about metrics and just bringing that all together from a um from a creative standpoint you know it's not just only about metrics it's it's also about emotions so th- th- there's a lot um you know went through in this expert panel enjoy what I'd say is listen to our um, our sponsors, the message from our sponsors coming shortly, and then I'll catch you on the next show. Cheers. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get growing faster. That is why it's trusted by over 50,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklinen, Non, and Chubby's. Build your contact list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash 2x. Cloudways has become the hosting platform of choice for thousands of e-commerce merchants, SMBs, and agencies around the globe. Why? Well, there's a high-performing custom stack, top-notch security, the choice between five cloud solution providers, ease of scalability, affordable pricing plans, and so much more. Cloudways also offers support for all PHP-based applications like Magento, WooCommerce, WordPress, Laravel, and others. 
customers. Experience an unbeatable managed cloud hosting experience with Cloudways today. For $20 free hosting credit, use the coupon code BOOSTMAG. That's B-O-O-S-T-M-A-G. That's BOOSTMAG. Moving dreams forward, Cloudways. Hey everybody, it's Kunle Campbell from 2X e-commerce. Um, at this point in time, I'm happy and I'm sad. Um, I'm happy that we've reached the, the final end of, of the conference and I'm sad that you know um, the experience is ending. Just want to appreciate everybody really um, with where, where we've come from, what we've done thus far. Um, this is a, an expert panel I've been really looking forward to because um, creatives have been... They're quite important in performance marketing, and um, I respect every one of the panelists, you know, in this, including the moderator, Kurt. Anyway, we're going to be talking about creatives and creators. We have one creator, and then we have um, one person from... Kurt's going to make all the introductions. One person who like runs a SaaS um, company that helps scale the conversions of um, you know creatives. Then we have another person who produces creatives for a living, or two people who create who, who produce creatives for a living, not just not just one. So um, it's going to be a r nice mish, mishmash. We'd like to hear perspectives. We'd like to get into just what works you know, from different perspectives, what's worked. And then you could take this away for your BFCM, for your quarter four, and really, really action on it. Um, without further ado, I'd like to hand over to the moderator, the more than able moderator, Kurt, my favorite. Cheers. Thank you for for the kind words. I appreciate it. Hello, everybody. Thank you for dialing in, attending, joining, listening to our creatives and creators expert panel. It is my honor and pleasure to have you here. I'm Kurt Elster. I've, uh, I've worked in e-commerce most of my adult life. I've been a Shopify partner for about a decade now, probably best known for hosting the unofficial Shopify podcast. I know we've had some, some fellow podcasters around the event, and I'm going to be your, your session moderator today. But before we get started, I have to tell you a few things, my friends. This meeting is being recorded. Ensure your device is on mute during the panel discussion. It would be embarrassing if we heard you yelling at your kids. Please use the ask a question feature instead on the right of your screen to ask any questions in relation to what we're discussing. And engage with us on social media. Hashtag Commerce Excel, com I'm sorry, hashtag Commerce Excel at 2xecommerce on Twitter and 2xecommerce on LinkedIn. But there's something important we have to discuss. Our sponsors. We would not be here without them. This event has been proudly sponsored by our good friends at Juni, the financial companion that tracks returns on your entire business in one place. Measure all your ROI at Juni.co, J-U-N-I.co. And Amarsis, the omni-channel customer engagement platform of choice for more than 1,500 companies worldwide. Do more at emarsys.com, E-M-A-R-S-Y-S.com. We're grateful for their invaluable support as the event platinum partners. So what are we discussing today? Well, brands that produce the most content seem to have the highest revenue. That's not a line someone wrote for me. That's my personal experience. There is a correlation between frequency 
of, uh, of publication of the content you produce and revenue. These brands that act like little TV studios unto themselves seem to be doing really well. And so we wanted to, to peel that back to talk through it. So this has made creatives the singular most important pillar in the media buying stack. But what's the correlation here and how do we avoid dreaded content fatigue? So in this conversation, our speakers are hopefully going to dive into how to stop wrangling creators, data points, KPIs to measure, where to source content, and a lot more. You know, the stuff that matters so that we can make better content and have better businesses. All right, so who's joining me today? Well, we have Savannah Sanchez, founder of the Social Savannah, a paid social expert with a proven track record of helping DTC brands profitably acquire customers through campaign management. Uh, Savannah, uh, briefly tell us about yourself. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for the intro. Um, as mentioned, my business is The Social Savannah, and I work with a handful of top e-commerce brands on their paid social ad creatives. So brands like Sugar Bear Hair, Blendjet, Outer Isle, just to name a few. And so me and my team, we create what we call performance UGC. So performance user-generated content, um, which we've seen has been the best performing ad type in recent months. So yeah, really excited to be here and learn from the other panelists as well. And additionally, following that, we have founder and CEO of VideoWise, Claudio Choba. Did I butcher your name? If I did, I'm sorry. No, you did not, Kurt. I didn't? Okay, you good. So <laughs> you did a good job. Uh, I'm very happy to be here uh, among all of these uh, all of these talented creators and, and people from the industry. Uh, as you mentioned, I am the founder of VideoWise, uh, and uh, I come from a product design background, and I'm applying all of those design skills uh, towards leveraging video and selling with video on e-commerce stores. Can't wait to share more on, on how we accomplish that. And uh, after that, we have Sharice Benton, a TikTok expert with 1.7 million followers. Wow. That is yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, Tell me about that. <laughs> um, so I've been creating on TikTok since it was Musical.ly, if anyone remembers the days when it was Musical.ly. So this is my fifth year on the platform. Um, and my niche has always been around comedy. So anything humor infused around like sort of day-to-day life and things that I can experience and like relate to and other people can obviously relate to is what I kind of joke about. Um, so that's what I do on the platform and I've taken it full time since 2019 and done content creation for other brands, um, as well as consulting other brands. And when she says other brands, she means Warner Brothers, Amazon, HarperCollins, and a wide range of uh, upcoming film releases and other new products. That's really cool. Okay, so we've got someone who's, who's doing, doing the work. We've got a, quite the team here, but we're not done. I also have uh, Moshe Saraf, CEO of Pareto Solutions, a performance marketing powerhouse with uh, also some impressive brands. Tell us about it. Hey, Moshe Saraf, it was really close. Anyhow, uh, we work with uh, unicorns mainly, companies worth uh, over a billion dollars, uh, Mixtars, uh, Nectar, uh, the Flex Belt, a lot of B2B brands you're not aware of, we're going to talk about today. Uh, we do everything. We, do, we run the campaigns, we do the production, we optimize the videos, we basically do the entire thing, and we do most of our successes uh, due to performance videos. Not really UGC stuff, but we do that as well. Excellent. So we've got, we have assembled quite the crew. If this were a heist movie around 
content and user-generated content, definitely we are certainly robbing the casino in this scenario uh, with this level of expertise. But, you know, why do we care? So earlier I said it had been my, my experience that the brands that produce a lot of content, the brands that have a lot of content, be that UGC or first party, really are the, the ones that seem to excel, especially on social media. Uh, so my, my opening salvo here, my opening question is, well, does anyone have any, any comments on that? Am I crazy? Is this the truth? Yeah, but maybe there is no causation issue. You don't know if maybe they just have more money. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like the company oh. produced more, yeah, but uh, you don't know if it's cause or effect. Um, I li- okay, I like that, that pitch there. Correlation is not causation. Maybe they just have a ton of money. Is this yeah. the case? Does anyone want to argue against this? I'll hop in. Um, so... I also am a media buyer. So not only am I, am I creating the content for my clients, I'm also in the ad account. And I would say over the last few years in particular, media buying, especially on Facebook, has become much less complex. Um, Facebook's really taking over the whole um, targeting side of it and really focusing on um, consolidating the campaign structure. And all of these elements in terms of the automation that Facebook is introducing and the machine learning really has put the focus for media buyers and brands on the creative components because that's really what makes the biggest difference in ad accounts. So you find like that one video or um, that one asset that really changes the trajectory of uh, your ROAS and your cost per purchase. So I think creative testing, it makes sense that like the advertisers who are doing the largest volume of creative testing and are doing the most iterations are learning the quickest and they are receiving the best performance because because um, they're testing frequently and they're testing often. So I'm a huge proponent of that, um, that you should always be refreshing your content in your ad accounts on a weekly basis, if not more often. Okay, so you we have a, a cadence, a frequency that got mentioned was weekly. And I've heard people throw around all kinds of numbers. And the advantage here is if we have more content, we have more data. We are testing more. It becomes more obvious to us what does and doesn't work. And we can iterate through that. So when we say like, you know, more content, maybe it is variations of the same thing once we hit on something that works. Oh my gosh, let's double down on it. But then that brings me to uh, one of the most common questions I get around content, which is, Content fatigue, right? In our marketing funnel, there is the content hole. We have to fill the content hole. How much content is enough content to avoid content fatigue? Is this even really a problem? I know at least one of you has opinions here. Moshe, push back (laughs) on me on this when we we discuss Um, these questions. Because it's a complex question. First of all, we have several clients, and I'm talking about like million dollars per month, and our winning creative is still the creative we produced two years ago, and it's still running at high scale. Uh, that said, I don't think we should even measure uh, fatigue. We should produce if we can produce. Why? Because as I said before, uh, every production, every creative is new learning. Of course, if you do the same, yeah, don't do it. But if you do something new, if you, uh, you have hypothesis, and even if you have, like the, the reason we produce for... Uh, any client, let's say Nectar, we have like we have the best creative we ever did for Nectar. We, we cannot beat it, and I'm serious, we cannot beat it. And then we say, okay, but they have uh, they're selling more products, so let's add more products, let's do more things. 
you don't have to wait for the fatigue because as soon as that fatigue is going to hit, you know, um, it's going to be too late. Let's say right now you're starting to see that the CTR is kind of declining and, you know, things are kind of shaking up and then you wait a day or two to see the numbers. Then you wait a week to decide to actually do a production. And by this time, you're going to like be in a catastrophe because after two weeks, you're going to have like a dead account. With, uh, you're going to go down from 50K spent per day to like 10K spent per day. Everybody is shouting on you and the production you're going to do or whatever creative you're going to make is going to be shit because you don't have time. And so... Don't even measure or wait for ad fatigue. If you have money, just do it. If you can't produce, produce. Um, and don't, you know, the obsession of, uh, do I know if the issues are because of uh, creative fatigue? It's probably creative fatigue. Uh, don't, don't even try to guesstimate and don't, don't try to anticipate. Just do it now. Okay. So are, you are of the opinion that I sh- if by the time you are worrying about and then have identified content fatigue, you've already too shot late. yourself in the foot. Exactly. It's, it's too late. You should just be on a regular cadence that avoids content fatigue entirely. Exactly. Uh, Either it avoids or you, or you get more growth. You know, it's a win-win. Yes. Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. Uh, you mentioned uh, click-through rate. Is that how we measure uh, or identify our, our content <clears throat> it's kind of paradoxical because like if you have a shitty ad you actually might get better CTR and better conversion rate just no delivery because for the for the small audience let's say you have a bid of I don't know uh, $50 per conversion for the small audience that is super targeted Facebook sends you you get the best CTR and conversion rate but as soon as you get more delivery you get to like less and less targeted people so at the end, our top ads usually have like the worst CTR and worst conversion because their scale is like under tax. Let's say one ad is paying $100 a day. Yes, as I was you cannot really compare CTR, but as soon as you have a stable account, as soon as everything is, you know, working as it should, yes, CTR is an early indicator. And CTR, I mean, not necessarily click to CTR, but CTR is in the weird way Facebook measure it, which is like engagement and so on. If you see people, that, if you don't see new comments on your post, if you don't see new engagement and clicks, that's a sign that uh, people are starting to hate your ad. They saw it too much, whatever. Um, and again, in this stage, it's too late because your account is going down really, really fast from, from there on. So don't wait to, to reach there. What, what do we think the typical life of a piece of content is, Savannah? Well, it depends. Um, similar, similar to his experience, sometimes you get those ads where like we have ads that we've made months ago and it's still the best performing ad in the ad account, but we're still producing and putting in new ads and new tests each week to try to beat it or to try to like reiterate off of that concept. So it's definitely not like every ad is a certain shelf life, like one month or one week. But that's why I think that refreshing your creative on a weekly basis is important. So you can get those new learnings and try to outbeat your best performers. Um, And some creatives, which is the frustrating thing about the Facebook ad platform is you'll put them in your ad set and you're so proud of it and it won't even get any delivery. Facebook will decide within like the first few dollars of spend that this ad isn't the best ad in the ad set and that they're going to continue to put spend towards the old best performers. So that's also a frustrating um, situation that a lot of us media buyers are put in is just 
um, Facebook and TikTok, all these platforms, they decide on a very small data set of people that they serve the ad to first, whether the ad is better than your existing ads or better than the other ads in the auction. So, um, so yeah, that's why I think Refreshing Weekly is great because you can continue to test new concepts, try to outbeat your past performers. Um, but yeah, short life, the shelf life of an ad can be years, literally months, or maybe even a day if Facebook decides right away that it's not a good ad. And how many times a day do you curse Mark Zuckerberg's name? <laughs> um, many. <laughs> Several. Too many to count. More than one. Uh, Claudio. I'm listening, Kurt. Excellent. All right. Content has this, this short lifespan. At least it feels short. How can we extend it? I think you have ideas here. Absolutely. And um, um, I mean, we all know that the lifetime of an Instagram story is 24 hours. TikTok videos get replaced uh, with new content frequently. And the way that we can extend the lifetime of this video content is to actually use it on the store. Uh, we know that nothing beats video when it comes to social proof and product presentation. So what store owners can do uh, is they can leverage the, their existing video content by displaying it on their product pages, on their homepage, blog pages, any pages on their site where it's relevant. Uh, so my advice in order to, to extend the life is just put your existing videos to work because the benefits are incredible. Um, since the launch of VideoWise, I studied more than 5 million shoppers in the past few months, and we really focused on the shopper behavior when they consume uh, video content from TikTok, from Instagram, YouTube. And what we've noticed is that uh, there was a trend, a trend uh, of an increased conversion rate. The conversion rate of shoppers that watched video was up uh, to almost 18% sometime. That was the highest that we've ever seen in a store. And this is a lot when you think about uh, the average conversion rate on stores that it's one to 3%. So the trend was if shoppers were watching video and you place them in front of them, then uh, they had a much higher chance of conversion. You also had a bigger chance of keeping shoppers on your site, uh, especially on the product pages, because that's where the purchasing decision is made. Um, like I remember a study from Google when, um, from 2020 that said that 50% of shoppers leave product pages uh, during uh, their, uh, their purchasing decision just to go ahead and make some more research on YouTube or other platforms about those products. So I think that your goal is to leverage your existing content and keep shoppers on those pages um, and influence them to purchase your product. Um, so just to summarize uh, the answer to your question, um, if you already have content that's existing on TikTok, on, on YouTube, on, on Instagram, just put it to work. Turn it into shoppable videos, embed it on your site, because if people engage with it, the chances of them purchasing are much, much higher. So that's, that's my suggestion. Just use it on your site. Don't just use it on the social media platforms, but also use it on your site. I like this suggestion because I think it's, it's quite overlooked as far it as... Easy marketing tactics go in that you know, in that rush to create successful content for social media and PPC. We often fail to realize it has a life beyond that, outside of that. And the place where I would expect to see a lot of video, but usually don't, is on site, is right on merchant stores. It's like, wait, wait, you've got you're creating how many hours of content, and none of it actually ends up on the brand's website. What? 
And it's like the one place where that's the own space. That's where I control it. Oh, so I think that's um, I think it's easy to overlook that suggestion, and I I would not sleep on it. Uh, I want before we we run out of time because we I could do this for three hours. I unfortunately only have about forty minutes. I want to talk about the creator economy. And certainly, like, we, it, we saw it increasing, increasing. 2020, it really exploded. And I think this is a thing that brands see the opportunity, but unless you have been a creator, unless you have, you have that experience, it, it could be easy to screw up a relationship with a creator. And the number one, I think, like, you know, one of the, the early questions is, oh, my gosh, how do you price the value of a creator or creator content? And I have no idea what the answer to that question is. I need some guidelines, and I'm thinking uh, Savannah and Charisse are definitely the ones with experience and opinions here. So uh, let's start with Charisse. Yeah, so I personally, in terms of pricing, I've worked on a flat fee basis the whole way through. Um, and I have had opportunities on the way where people have reached out and said, okay, if you get like X amount of views, you can achieve X amount of um, monetary value, basically. Um, and I know this is something that we've talked about before. Um, and I, I personally don't value that kind of model because when you've, you're basing it solely on the output, it completely undervalues the work that goes into the the, the video itself. So you're spending all this time coming up with the concept, creating the video, and some of the offers that come through will literally be like, oh, maybe 50 pounds or 60 pounds if it gets like X amount of views, whereas you spent all that time creating something that could have done well, but by the nature of being on social media, it's not necessarily going to always perform as best as we might hope, essentially. And equally, when a video overperforms, we, as a creator, you don't always get compensated. So in terms of like the models around it, I personally prefer flat fee. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if yourself, Savannah, you do a different approach or the same approach. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up accidents happen perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a csv import completely messed up your product catalog common myth cloud-based e-commerce platforms like shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store this is simply untrue they don't myth busted so what do you do you use rewind Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, then extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. 
did you know that loyal customers are nine times more likely to convert compared to a first-time shopper? That's why exceptional customer service is so important for your retention and growth. I recommend using Gorgeous, the leading help desk for Shopify, Magento, and big commerce merchants. Gorgeous combines all your communication channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform. This saves your team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It also integrates seamlessly with your existing tech stack so you can access customer information and even edit, return, refund, or create an order right from your help desk. To learn more, go to gorgeous.com. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S.com and mention 2X e-commerce podcast for two months free. That is gorgeous.com for two months free. Just mention 2X e-commerce. That is super interesting. Um, I also prefer the flat fee model um, instead of like performance-based for the exact reasons you mentioned. Um, So the way that my team is set up, I work with a number of content creators who create weekly content for the brands I work with um, for the sole use of paid social ads. So not necessarily that these creators are posting on their profile. They rarely do but we're just asking them to create videos and to give us the files um, and giving them direction about what we're looking for. So when I'm looking for creators, I often don't go for the ones that have a lot of followers. Like when I'm looking through TikTok or Instagram, I'm trying to find people who have really great content creation abilities and are comfortable talking to the camera, understand how to hook people in the first three seconds, understand good lighting. Um, people that under, Those are all the elements that make great ads. So I tend to go after those who, um, for potential content creators who don't necessarily have a following as I find that their rates can be, um, of course, a lot more affordable than someone that has millions of followers if you're just trying to get raw content from them and not have them post. Um, I also look on websites like Backstage um, for actors to star in ads, which most of them are also paid on a flat fee basis. So I think that also is the best way to work with creators on that model. Interesting that we, we, you have come to agreement on, hey, the, the easiest way for both parties is agree on a, a fixed upfront value for the work. And I know I've heard, we phrase this as either or, they're, like they're mutually exclusive and they're not. Of course, the other option is, hey, we'll give you a, a flat production fee for this work and then also a, a bonus fee for... You, um, performance, but there is inherent risk for both sides with that that model is what I'm hearing here. The as far as working with wrangling our creators, where do you think brands are going wrong when hiring creatives? This is another one of the really common content creation questions I get is like, where do I find an influencer? I don't know. Look under the couch. I mean, what? Where do I get one? Savannah, I'm thinking you have an idea. You mentioned backstage. You're just hiring actors. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I personally have like a love hate relationship with influencers because really for what I'm looking for, for paid social content, I am looking for people who have acting experience or can at least be comfortable talking in front of the camera, showing different product demonstrations, um, unique testimonials. So I actually have had a lot better success 
not necessarily working with influencers, but more creators or actors um, who I can give direction to on the shots I want. But the idea is that the way that I'm having them film it, they're filming it with their iPhone, um, the way that they are interacting with the products, it's supposed to emulate user-generated content. So I like to call it actor-generated content. I think that's that's been my best success because um, influencers can be, especially the ones with larger followings, it could be a bit hit and miss um, in terms of the type of content they give you. It's often really expensive. It's a big gamble. Whereas I'm just working with actors on gigs and I can edit the content the way I want it to the different transitions and texts where I have the complete editing control essentially, but I'm looking at them to give me all the raw content I need and the shot lists. I've personally found a lot better success than just sending out free products or, um, or pro- any products to influencers and crossing my fingers, hoping for the best. <laughs> they make good content. So it really just depends on the people you work with. Um, of course, there's influencers who do great content and are most definitely worth the price that they charge. But um, that's just the model that I found has been more successful for my business. All right. I like, I like some of the, the outside the box thinking there. Sharice, when a brand reach out, reaches out to potentially work with you, what makes you crazy about it? Like, how are people, there's, I bet there's something you immediately thought of that like some potential client did where you're like, what is their problem? Where are people going wrong trying to hire you? I think it's that initial reach out bit is a very good tell on, you can almost filter out basically, um, which ones are going to be a genuinely, genuine, at least possibility of a good collaboration and the ones that are just kind of there to just tap into your exposure because they believe because you've got X amount following or X amount of views, I can just pay you and, you know, we can work together and that's job done. Like you kind of get that vibe. And it's when people are reaching out like, hey, hon, hi, friend. Hey, dear. Hey, at Sharice Banton. Nothing, nothing personal, first of all. Um, That's a big sign of like, no, 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 this is probably not going to (laughs) work. And the ones that do grab you are the ones that it's not something very involved, by the way, that initial reach out um, to a creator can just be as simple as explaining what the brand is like a line or two. It might be a familiar brand anyway, but if you need to just briefly say like what it is that they do, maybe a link to the website if you need to and asking, you know, it'll go into a discussion of what the fees are, or you might have an idea of what the creative is. So attached is a brief or they might have in the email, a brief of the brief, basically (laughs) a little summary. Um, But the ones that grip are essentially ones that can communicate their value. What is it that they're trying to actually communicate in the first place to reach out to me in the first place? Um, And is there a possibility that our values align? And I think this comes back to as well, how how successful, sorry, a collaboration with a creator can be. Because if your values with a creator are not aligned, it doesn't really matter what your following is. It's not really going, it's not going to connect with their audience because they will likely sense that it's not true. And as soon as you've lost faith in that creator talking about whatever that thing is, you're you're in a losing battle essentially. So the the cornerstone of success in all things here is is authenticity. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. I have to have that authenticity. And then between the brand doing the hiring and the creator, the simple rule is I like you, you like me. Like they, you have to have a, a personal connection and, and somewhat little bit of trust to start with or this doesn't work. 
Yeah, 100%. Okay. No, I, uh, I totally get that. I like it. Uh, you've been doing this a while. Listen, five years. Are there any obvious changes you've noticed since you really, you've been on TikTok longer than the vast majority of people? Yeah, a long time. <laughs> um, I mean, it's changed just drastically, sorry, since it was musically. And especially, um, I mean, you've probably seen the changes yourself when TikToks were sort of surging. There was so much lack of trust that when brands came on, they sort of had an idea of doing things a certain way or when they're collaborating with a creator, they have an idea that, oh, we can do what we've done on like Instagram or just put our ad that we might have done for TV on TikTok, um, as that's the platform I'm most familiar with. Um, and it just doesn't work. And I feel like over time, brands especially have grown and it's still the process now to really just embrace their personality and be human. And when they do that, they're suddenly accepted as part of the community. You're not like the brand on TikTok. You're like the brand with the TikTokers sort of thing. Like we're all part of the same thing and we can all communicate, laugh together, joke together because now they have a personality. And I think when you're collaborating with creators, you allow a bit more of that because rather than initially briefs would come through and they'd be like, oh, can you say like this sort of fixed line or this fixed thing that we want you to do um and a clear shot of like you know product in position and make it really clear and being really 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 finicky on every minute detail whereas now it's much more relaxed I mean obviously if you want some branding in there then you do it but you do it in a way that is much more natural for that creator um because again it comes back to authenticity you have to deliver it in a way that feels genuine to you as a creator um yeah so again, the the cornerstone is authenticity. If we don't, if the content or the approach is at all inauthentic, the whole thing falls apart. It doesn't work. Okay. So there was, we definitely have a, a theme going here. All right. I want to know, because we've got, I'm sure people are thinking like, I've got some ideas, some things I want to try, but how will I know if they're successful? Moshe, what data and KPIs should we be looking at to measure success here? How do I know if I've won? <laughs> if you've said it more. Um, actually, I was joking, but it's actually true. That's, that's um, the main thing, if you're said it more. Because uh, basically all of the KPIs are aligned as soon as you scale up. I mean, if you, if you keep your scale static, if you say I'm spending $1,000 per day, so yeah, you're going to see better CTR, you're going to see better conversion and so on. But as soon as you scale, you reach uh, less and less targeted audience. So paradoxically, your best converting, your best performing creative going to have like the, the worst KPIs because uh, he's spending like 90% of the budget and reaching like everyone. And uh, 10% is going like to the small ads that get like, I don't know, $10 per day and nobody cares. So the only parameter in my opinion is delivery within bid, which means if you restrict, if you give like a bid restriction, either a ROAS or CTA, and you still get delivery and massive delivery within bid, uh, that's your winner. Uh, CTR is a good indicator, but only early indicator. As soon as you scale, uh, your, CPA, your CTR is going to get down. Uh, conversion rate, the same. Okay. And I've got, we've got a, a listener question, an audience question. Uh, this is for whoever wants it. How often do new reiterations of a winning ad win out or beat the performance on the original? So I've got the original ad. I revise it. 
what is the typical win rate with a revised ad? That's the question. I'll go ahead and take the, it. Oh, oh, go sure. ahead. No, you okay. go. Okay, if uh, the ad is, is broken or not. <laughs> I mean, basically we make a new production. Sometimes it's uh, like a huge winner, but sometimes it's lots of time. It's like bullshit is not working because something is broken. Like your selling point is not right and so on. And then you start like editing and see what's working, what's not. So let's say pre-optimization, like in the beginning, when creative is new and fresh, you have really high chance to beat it. But uh, after you have like a really good creative, really tight one, when you know exactly what people want and how to say to them, it's really, it's really hard to beat it. And sometimes you actually make the same creative with like minor tweaks every now and again, but uh, because you can't really, win, can't really beat it anymore. Um, so to answer specifically in the beginning like with a new creative it happens a lot uh, after you have like an amazing creative it's really hard to beat it hmm okay I believe it Savannah your thoughts I agree with that. I was going to say that it's also difficult when you're trying to reiterate on a best forming creative because there's so many variables that go into the creative. For instance, like it can be the creator that was in the creative, the length of it, what products were you showing? What was the first three seconds? What was the text on the screen? Um, what was the lighting like in the room? And that's where it becomes difficult, especially on a limited budget to try to figure out what was the exact variable or variables that made that first ad successful. And so the way that I like to think about it is just try to isolate variables as much as you can. So use the same creator, for instance, um, use, but now we're going to try it in a slightly different setting and see if um, if we use the same text, the same flow, the same length of the ad, um, can we replicate that success with some minor tweaks? So I think the hardest part is often identifying what variable is actually the one that's moving the needle. But once you do, like it, it's not uncommon that when we create a reiteration off of the best performing ad, that that reiteration does perform better than the original. And that's, of course, what we're striving for every week. We're making reiterations is trying to beat out that original. It's just the being methodological, methodological, <laughs> I can't speak today. Yes, like being that. methodical about isolating which variables of that best performing creative and what you want to test next. And another advice that I always give people is like, keep a document of what you're testing. I just have an Excel sheet of the different variables I'm testing, my hypothesis, what we changed in the ad, what were the results. I think a lot of us don't record results as often as we should or set back to analyze which variables have we tested, what haven't we tested. So make sure you're documenting all of your creative testing and that will help you narrow down which variables are actually making the biggest difference. I love that in your approach, you're, com you're, really, you're combining art and science. You're saying this is the way to get it right. It, you got to marry those two. Okay. I love any time that happens. Uh, we have a, another listener question here from Chester Nichols who asks, how do you optimize store videos to work on mobile? And I bet Mr. Video Wise has a thought there. <laughs> Absolutely, Kurt. I saw the question in, in the private chat. Um, my recommendation, first of all, is that uh, the videos should be slightly compressed, especially if you know that your website will have a lot of mobile users um, uh, because the speed that they load uh, is very important. A lot of e-commerce uh, store owners, uh, they, uh, they're afraid of video because, of the, 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 because it, will, it might affect their page speed. And uh, one way that is also the Shopify Plus recommended way to add videos to, to your mobile site or to your site and optimize them for mobile 
is to not add the actual video embedded on your site, but to rather use a thumbnail image that will launch the, the video. Uh, so that would be the first thing is optimize for performance. That's very important. And then secondly, um, it's also important how the actual video player looks uh, because if you're going to play a landscape video uh, for, for mobile, that's usually not going to convert very well because on a mobile phone, it's only going to cover probably about 30% of your screen. Uh, you'll have to flip your phone if you actually want to, uh, to properly see it. Um, so my recommendation is, and I mean, I know this is going to seem like an, one of those info commercials, uh, Kurt. All right, um, just do it. It's okay. <laughs> uh, but like, I'm on my phone. I just want to show the audience like how we usually deal with video on a mobile phone, which is it also has like a TikTok-like experience. When you watch the video, you can actually swipe and continue watching videos, which could be social proof videos or presentation videos. So the only reason why I wanted to show that is because the video player is very important for mobile as well. You don't want to, I don't know, a, a standard video to start. You'd like something custom that's full screen and uh, clearly shows the video and an experience that you're familiar with, like TikTok or Instagram. Uh, you know what? I, I, I have to agree with all of that. One of the an interesting uh, optimization tactic we implemented on several stores this year was we took that Instagram story bubble layout that is now in a whole bunch of apps, so everybody's familiar with it, and we used it as, as part of a featured mobile navigation on uh, a whole bunch of stores. And on all of, especially if it was like apparel and lifestyle, really successful. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. One more question. Final question here. This Black Friday, what platform should we be making our ad creatives for first? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And then we're done. After. That's our last one. <laughs> I'm with Facebook it. because it's the biggest. So we're saying Facebook first because of potential size. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying TikTok because way more opportunity on that platform. And the ad creative styles that work well on TikTok also work well as Facebook ads. Interesting. Okay. I like that approach. Uh, so we get essentially, if we develop good TikTok ads, they'll, good chance they also work on fo Facebook, so we get a twofer out of it. And then potentially we throw it on, uh, on site as well. So now we're, we're really using all parts of the content here. Fantastic. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. Thank, uh, thank you all for doing this. I really I had a ton of fun there. Uh, and, well, we got we to gotta talk about our sponsors again. We are very grateful for the support and partnership of our sponsor partners. Thank you for making this event possible and a success. To our gold partners, PostScript, who make SMS for e-commerce easy, automate your SMS marketing at postscript.io. Recart, sell more with Facebook Messenger marketing. Reduce abandoned carts at recart.com. And our silver partners, Omnisend, increase your sales, not your workload. Take the shortcut to revenue growth at omnisend.com. And Bolt, connecting retailers and millions of shoppers in a unified network. Your shoppers are one click away. Bolt.com. And BeProfit, get all your e-commerce profits at a glance. Track all your expenses at beprofit.com. Thank you. And join us for another round of exciting conversations tomorrow. We'll start the day with uh, the session Preparing for BFCM in Light of iOS by Redis Loris, co-founder, CEO, OmniSend at uh, 1120 or 1620. And in the meanwhile, let's uh, take a journey through the exposition for an exciting engagement 
with our partners. All right. Oh, today is the last day. All right. Well, I'm not the one who wrote the outro, guys. Jeez. <laughs> Making me look stupid here. Okay. Thank you. Tomorrow is a rest day. Thank you so much for having us, Kurt. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. So Good much job. <laughs> We're waiting for uh, Kunle to show up. Where'd he go? Do we need some jams for this? <laughs> Hi guys, that was funny, Kurt. Um, yeah, it was our outro. But um, I just want to thank everybody. You know, the last session, every single session, I'd like to thank all the speakers who you know made this possible. Moderators, um, our partners, you, the audience. You know, it's surreal. You know, the just the. The traction we've had in, in this event has been amazing, and I just want to thank everybody. Now, um, what's in it next time? We will do this again next year. Um, there will be a few more you know, events you know, coming between now and next year. Um, I just want to thank you guys again um, for, for just making it possible, making this commerce itself possible. But the most important thing really right now is your Black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, your Q4, making it the strongest ever. Um, hope the content on here will make it stronger despite all the uncertainty. Um, and um, yeah, you, it, it takes a lot of people to, to really push, you know, mountain. So, Thank you so much again. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a nice evening. And thank you for um, being part of the Commerce to Sell experience. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X E-Commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X E-Commerce listeners on our Facebook group, E-Commerce Growth Accelerator Mastermind. Just search for 2X E-Commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.